0: Welcome back to another episode of the Jacob Johnson show. There's no special announcements or show notes up front. So let's go ahead and dive on in. So the first story I have here is something that's going around the internet about a woman being ejected from a hockey game for wearing a Let's Go Brandon t-shirt. Now, this article is coming from a website that I've never heard of before, so I'm not sure about their credibility. But it does provide a larger implication, especially if the story does turn out to be true. So it goes on to read, Let's Go Brandon isn't just popping up on iTunes charts, Southwest airline flights, or amongst major league baseball crowds. Everybody's favorite phrase has also made its way to the hockey arena, and apparently the exits there as well. On Sunday in Wichita, Kansas, a hockey fan was escorted out of the arena, apparently because her sweatshirt echoed the trendy Let's Go Brandon chant. Now, look, I haven't been able to find uh, the video to be able to confirm the story. But here's what I want to say. For a long time now, businesses have been injecting themselves into politics. And when they do, they generally take the side of the left. Now, we all know the phrase, get woke, go broke. So why do these companies keep going through and trying to take the left side? Now, you know that if someone went to the same hockey arena and wore an F Donald Trump shirt, nothing would ever happen to them. But whenever anybody goes somewhere and has some objection to whatever the left is trying to push at any particular point in time, or disagrees with the left-wing candidate, there seems to be consequences. There seems to be corporate America cracking down, doing the left's bidding. We see this all the time as they continue to get more and more involved in politics, the corporations, and siding with the left cracking down against the right. Now, I get the temptation for some businesses; they take a look at conservatives and go, well they they're not going to raise a stink or a fuss, So if we take the left side and crack down on conservatives and punish conservatives and all of that they're just going to roll over and take it. No problem. And the left will cheer us and everything will be fine. But if we take the side of conservatives, the left, oh, they're going to make a stink about it. They're going to go through and organize online, you know, Twitter wars or online. You know, this company is really, really horrible. And then the media is going to pick up on it and give them very negative press. And so, because the left will whine and scream and shout, even though there's not as many of them that are doing it, the corporations go, okay, let's just
1: appease the left. Let's go ahead and crack down on the right and everything will be fine. And to some extent,
0: they're not completely wrong. The right does have a tendency to just roll over, shut up and take it. Now, when a company does actually stand up to the left, what happens? That company ends up banking a lot of money as conservatives decide, hey, you know what? I've never shopped there. I've never bought anything from them, never gotten any services from them. But you know what? Because they stood up to the left, I'm going to go ahead and do business with them. And they end up m- making a lot of money. But they're not looking at the money for whatever reason or because they go through and take a look at only left-wing media. They're unaware of the trend that if they go woke, they go broke, and that standing up to uh, liberals actually increases their profits. They may be completely unaware because of the fake news bubble and social media censorship. So they're making the calculation that, hey, you know, this group will, you know, throw a hissy fit if we don't cave to them in this group, no matter what we do to them, they're just going to roll over. No wonder they're going through and thinking that there's no consequences for actually siding with the left. If we want this to stop, because this is increasing fascism that is going on in the United States being pushed by the Democrats. If we want it to stop, we got to make sure these companies know that there are severe consequences for getting involved in taking sides in politics which means us deciding, hey, we're going to stop doing business with you. We're not going to buy anything. So anybody who was at that arena and saw this woman being escorted out for wearing a Let's Go Brandon sweatshirt, I get that they all started chanting, Let's Go Brandon in solidarity as, you know, we're going to get back. But if they really wanted to make a statement, they all would have just packed up their stuff and left saying, hey, We are not coming back to this arena for any game whatsoever. I understand that if you're a big hockey fan, that maybe that would be a pretty big sacrifice for you. I know when I first stopped watching football because of all the political crap that they were engaged in, it was very hard. I mean, it was torturous at first. Now I have no idea who even the quarterback for the team I used to follow even is anymore. It's been that long since I've watched football because of all of the political crap of taking a knee, disrespecting the country, wearing the Black Lives Matter, the pig socks, and all that other stuff. Now, I know it's not every single team, but you know what I'm making a statement The NFL makes no money off of me anymore because they got so involved in politics, and we need to start doing that with businesses and corporations, and time an alternative. To that business comes up that will support right-wing conservatives, we need to just immediately start going to them for the alternatives to all the business that we are pulling out of with all of the corporations that are siding with the left. Until we start making them feel it economically and supporting any of their competitors that are not siding with the left, they're not going to stop they're not going to stop until they realize that there are consequences and severe financial consequences, consequences to their stock prices. Until they feel that, they're going to continue to implement and crack down on conservatives implementing left-wing fascism on the country. Okay, so another thing that has come up here. So as you know, the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse hopefully I'm pronouncing that right Kyle Rittenhouse is not going good for the prosecution. In fact, the prosecution's entire case has actually been bolstering the defense's argument. I mean, every one of their witnesses have pretty much collapsed. All the evidence is in favor of Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, the left really wants Kyle Rittenhouse to be found guilty. They don't care if he's innocent. They want him to be found guilty. Why? Because he had the audacity to stand up to the left. So remember what was going on in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin at that particular point in time is that the left was rioting. They were setting dumpsters on fire. They were setting buildings on fire. They were engaged in massive destruction of property. And here Kyle was with his first aid kit, rendering aid to anybody who was injured, whether they were one of the rioters or one of the people injured by the rioters. Well, at one point in night, Kyle Rittenhouse saw a dumpster put on fire and he put out the fire. And that's what caused the left-wing mob to start attacking him. And according to the left, you're not allowed to defend yourself. If they want to attack you brutally, and even if they want to kill you, you're supposed to just roll over and take it. The biggest crime is to defend yourself and stand up to the left. So they started chasing him. I believe there was uh, one witness who even talked about how, you know, the one of the people who were shot even talked about how he would kill uh, Rittenhouse if he ever got him alone. And so the mob started chasing him. One of the members uh, one of the people in the mob fired a gun, Rittenhouse had to defend himself, and then he was talking about having to go to the police. And he tried running, saying he's going to go to the police, and the mob kept going after him. And so we all know and seen the video by now: Kyle Rittenhouse getting hit in the head with a skateboard. The uh, one of the people uh, that he shot that survived, you know, uh, took out their gun and started charging uh, after him. While Kyle Rittenhouse was on the ground, and it was when he had his gun pretty much within a foot or two of Kyle Rittenhouse's head. That's when Kyle shot him. So we know that the trial is not going good for the left's narrative, and the prosecution's case is non existent. All right, so what is the left going to do? Well, they're going to do what they did in the Derek Chauvin case, and that is. Intimidate the jury. That's right. Now the mob is taking a look at this because they don't care about what the evidence says. They don't care what the truth is. They have their narrative, and they're demanding that just because someone stood up to them, that they need to be found guilty. And so we see here that uh, the trial judge announced that someone was caught trying to film the jury. And get them on video so that they can identify them and dox them. And this is coming after people were already threatening to dox the jury, and that way they can be targeted if they come back with anything less than a guilty verdict. Well, I mean, why not? It works so well with Derek Chauvin threatening to riot, burn down uh, the city, go after the jurors should they find Derek Chauvin not guilty, even though all the evidence showed that. George Floyd died of a self inflicted drug overdose. None of that mattered. The jury was like, well, if we don't find him guilty, the mob's coming for us, so we're just gonna convict an innocent man in order to save our own asses. And so now they're trying the same approach with Kyle Rittenhouse here. So it was reported, you know, this is coming from the judge, quote, it was reported to me this morning that the jury pickup. There was someone there video recording the jury, which the officer approached the person and required them to delete the video and return the phone. I've instructed that if it happens again, they are to take the phone and bring it here. So that's for your information. Now, what I find kind of scary here is announcing that, you know, uh, uh, to the jury where the jury's like, holy crap, now they're trying to get our pictures and you know they're going to start coming after us which could bias the jury to uh be afraid for their own lives should they find him not guilty and so the left is engaged in jury tampering by threats from mobs and this is the new justice system that they want to be able to implement for the rest of the country <sighs> sickening sickening and yet they'll never face any consequences for their attempts at jury intimidation or jury tampering. This is the type of things that or the organized mob, you know, back in the Capone days used to do all the time, threaten and intimidate the jury in order to get the results or the verdict that they wanted from that jury. Okay. So another thing that is going on here is a Republican lawmaker, you know, representative Paul Goser. Oh, the left is really attacking him. For the crimes of putting out a meme, a meme where he just put his face on an animated video, <laughs> you know, and it showed him, you know, going off and protecting the city, and part of protecting the city is taking out some monsters, and which some of the monster heads were replaced by Alexandria ocasio Cortez, and no, there's no way I can ever pronounce the name right. Uh, I know they're supposed to roll the R or whatever. I am completely incapable of doing that. I mean, I guess I could if I had some surgery done, but I'm completely incapable at this particular moment in time of pronouncing where you roll the R or whatever. And it also showed him attacking Joe Biden. Remember, this is an animated video, right? And so the entire left is overreacting and trying to say that this is encouraging violence. And here's how CNN, as disgraceful as they are, are trying to report this.
2: We talk a lot about how the Republican Party has become dangerously extreme. And we're wary of giving too much oxygen to attention-seeking trolls masquerading as legislators. But sometimes the patterns can't be ignored. So I want to highlight three comments from three elected Republicans that surfaced within 24 hours because it shows the moral gangrene that's disfiguring the party beholden to Donald Trump's big lie. On Sunday night, Arizona Congressman Paul Gosar posted a photoshopped anime video showing himself killing Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and attacking President Biden. You know, just like any well-balanced, totally normal 62-year-old member of Congress who's been denounced by six of his siblings for being hateful and bigoted. We're not going to replay the sick video. It's already been viewed millions of times. But that's a measure of the real problem, which is the continued fetishizing of political violence 10 months after the attack on our Capitol by backers of the big lie like Congressman Paul Gosar.
0: So there's CNN once again disgracing themselves, trying to go over the top and make over-exaggerated claims about what is going on as they try to attack the Republicans. And of course, all the Democrats are going off and trying to parrot this whole, oh, he is encouraging violence and encouraging uh, death threats against members of Congress like AOC and the president himself. Now, the problem that we would have here, now maybe CNN might have, you know, some argument if it wasn't for their past behavior. So CNN is outraged by this anime video that's been altered. So they have a problem with that. Now, do you remember how they celebrated and cheered Kathy Griffin for posing in a photo, holding a you know model head of Trump as if he was decapitated? You know, they, no that, that wasn't a problem. Hey, they, no, there was no issues with that. There was no problems whatsoever of someone standing, you know, showing a depiction of Trump being decapitated. No, no, that wasn't encouraging violence according to the left. That was celebrated. Or how about the uh play uh in New York City where they did a rendition of Julius Caesar and the person playing Caesar was dressed up as Trump? Getting assassinated, but no, 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 no. That wasn't a problem. You know that that's not an issue. You know, according to CNN, you know, if you were outraged by that, you, you know, you're oversensitive. Or how about all of the uh, rappers um, going off and doing rap videos, where in the videos it showed them taking a gun and shooting President Trump? No, 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 no. That wasn't encouraging violence, according to CNN. Or how about their claims that, you know, there is a violence fetish among the right. Meanwhile, they were going off and celebrating, encouraging, and inciting people to literal riots, to literal acts of domestic terrorism all last year, where they were celebrating and encouraging people to take to the streets, to set fire to police stations, to set fires to whole communities to go off and engage in violence and didn't have a problem when all those rioters attacked and some of them killing Trump supporters.
1: No, 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 that wasn't a problem because that was mostly peaceful protesting, according to CNN. But a congressman
0: going off and posting an animated video in which he photoshopped his head on the animated character, taking out some monsters attacking the city. No, no, that's the problem. That is a violence fetish. That is encouraging violence and death threats. None of the other things that CNN supported. You know, if it wasn't for double standards, CNN would have no standards at all. Oh, wait, they don't have any standards. You know, and you see this type of hypocrisy all throughout the left whenever they go off and depict violence against conservatives, whenever they go off and actually incite violence, reward violence, or tell people lies in order to incite them to violence, that's all permissible. That's all okay. That's democracy in action. But anybody who would dare do to the left what the left does to the right, That's the problem. That's the undermining of democracy. That's the real threat. I'm tired of the hypocrisy here. And it's just sickening that CNN or MSNBC or NBC or any of the other alphabet networks have any audience at all considering how much hypocrisy they engage in and how much they have been caught lying to their audience. They have absolutely zero room to speak because after years and years of them encouraging and celebrating
1: violence, they're the ones with the violence fetish. They're going to claim outrage over an animated video that was photoshopped. I'm at a loss for words on that. You know, I'm serious. I, I just can't,
0: you know, explain in full detail how CNN is a complete and total disgrace. They have zero credibility. They can do all of the fake outrage they want, you know, but in the end, my response to CNN is the double barreled middle finger. Go F yourself. I don't give a rip what you have to say. Your network is hateful. Your network has encouraged violence and your network is blatantly and nakedly
1: racist. You have no credibility. Sit down, shut the hell up. No one cares what you think. All right.
0: So, Liz Cheney, uh, there is a disgrace as well. The rhino, Liz Cheney, who I don't even know how she's calling herself a Republican at this point, despite all the evidence showing that she is not a Republican in any way, shape, or form. So, she's going out there and attacking president trump but you know there's kind of a problem with her attack so let's go ahead take a look at what she is saying and then call her out for the disgrace that she is
3: and at this moment when it matters most we are also confronting a domestic threat that we've never faced before a former president who's attempting to unravel the foundations of our constitutional republic, aided by political leaders who have made themselves willing hostages to this dangerous and irrational man.
0: Now I'm about to torch Liz Cheney here, and for good reason here. So let me get this straight. Donald Trump, you say, is the threat. But you had absolutely nothing to say about Hillary Clinton going out there for four years Claiming that the 2016 election was fraudulent and stolen by Russia, and that Trump was a secret Russian agent. That wasn't damaging to democracy. You never said anything about that. Didn't have a problem with that. The fact that Hillary Clinton paid for Russian disinformation and then had it circulated through the government in order to get the FBI to spy on her political opponent and leak some of the information that they gathered to her campaign oh, no, that wasn't damaging or in any way a threat to the constitutional republic, Not at least not to any point where you would speak out against it. When there was a special counsel probe knowingly based on Russian disinformation in order to sabotage and undermine a sitting president of the United States, not only did you not have a problem with it, you supported it. You went out there and you threatened President Trump with the idea of impeachment should he fire Mueller or interfere with the special counsel probe based on Russian disinformation. So you supported all of that. None of that was a threat whatsoever to the constitutional republic in your mind. But President Trump going out there and pointing out the very fact, the irrefutable fact, that numerous states operated their elections illegally outside of the time, place and manner set forth by the state legislature. And in doing so, they operated their elections not only illegally, but unconstitutionally. And then pointing out all the irregularities of the ballot dumps, ballot images suddenly going missing, Uh, the vote switching on CNN right before her eyes. Oh, no, 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 that's not legitimate, according to Liz Cheney. The fact that the same states violated multiple court orders in order to get rid of uh, um, election observers, you know, uh, watching over the vote count in order to be able to count the votes in secret. That's not a problem you know, to Liz Cheney, that's not legitimate. You know, and the fact that President Trump would point out all the illegal activities, all the violations of court orders, and all of the very suspicious 120% vote count in certain areas, pointing that out is the threat to democracy, not anything related to the Trump-Russia hoax or Hillary Clinton using Russian disinformation in order to attack the legitimacy of a sitting president. You never spoke out about any of the Trump-Russia hoax, but you're speaking out against Trump. In fact, even while Trump was in office, you were out there attacking him, siding with the left on absolutely everything. Now, maybe if she had gone out there and attacked Hillary Clinton over the last four years about any of the things that she said as a threat to democracy, or maybe if she had gone out and talked about the threat to the democracy, about using Russian disinformation in order to use government agencies to spy on, probe, and harass a president, then maybe, maybe you would have a little bit of credibility here. But you don't, because you didn't. When the left was going off and legitimately attacking democracy, you supported it. When Trump points out the very real illegal and fraudulent election based off of the actual evidence that we all can see in plain sight, oh, that's a threat. And then you talk about January 6th, right? You want to talk about January 6th. So you remember uh, the case of Governor Whitmer, you know, the kidnapping case where, you know, there was a kidnapping plot, and it was supposedly by a bunch of right-wingers, and then it turned out that out of the entire group, I believe there was, what, only one person who wasn't an FBI agent in that plot, and that it was the FBI who had put together the plan, recruited, or attempted to recruit a lot of people, but could only recruit one, put together the training for that one person, and then uncovered the plot. And now that we find out that there were FBI agents embedded with the people that were protesting on January 6th, and then the Capitol police inviting the January 6th protesters inside the Capitol and reports that some of the uh, people that got rowdy were actually, uh, you know, connected to the FBI. Hmm. You might want to look into that. But no, she accepts all of the left wing narratives, supports all of the left wing narratives, and is constantly attacking Republicans. And then she wants to go out there and claim that she's a Republican. So the real truth about Liz Cheney is this she is a Democrat, she is a far left Democrat, but she only pretends to be a Republican, one, because that's the only way she can get elected in her state is to pretend to be a Republican. Because a Democrat can 't get elected in her state, but two, so that she can get that also extra media coverage, so every time she goes off and attacks Republicans, the media is going to be like, "Well, even this Republican thinks that that Republican is bad, you know it's really going off so she gets all the favorable
1: media coverage. she is a fraud, she is a phony, she is a rhino all right she has she is part." of the swamp. Clear as day, all the evidence goes off and shows she is a
0: hypocrite and a swamp rat. And the fact that she wants to go off and attack President Trump in order to get all great media coverage while ignoring all the actual crimes of the Democrats that threaten this democracy.
1: Unbelievable. See, she needs. I believe she is being primaried in the upcoming election.
0: And I pray, I pray that her primary challenger takes her out. And once she's taken out, um, the rest of the Republican Party needs to make it very clear that Liz Cheney has been expelled from the Republican Party, that she is not welcome in the Republican Party and has no right to even try and call herself a Republican, you know, basically excommunicate her, like, you know, as if it was the church, you know, get rid of her once and for all. Okay. Now, speaking of the Trump Russia hoax, you know, the, the Democrats, w- what is funny is that they are so used to the media licking their boots that when they finally do get asked a real question, they don't know how to respond. They have no ability to respond whatsoever because they're not used to being asked real questions. They're used to the media going, how awesome are you? Oh, I'm very awesome. Yes, you are. I absolutely agree. They're not used to it when someone actually challenges them. And so with all of the now undeniable evidence that the entire Trump Russia investigation was based off of Russian disinformation, Adam Schiff found himself in an unusually uncomfortable situation when he appeared on The View. And one of the hosts on The View, um I don't I don't know the View hosts very well. I don't know if this is a regular member or if this is it was just a guest or if this is their, you know, supposed to be token conservative uh like uh Megan McCain who's not a conservative her father was a
1: disgrace in office but this person and like i said I, since i don't watch the view i don't know who her
0: name is asked shift a very legitimate question that caught him off guard because he was being sucked up to by all the other hosts and his response is just absolutely pathetic So let's go ahead and take a look at this.
2: So I want to ask you about something that's in the news a lot right now. Um, You've been really prolific over the past few years being the head of the Intel Committee, and you defended, promoted, you even read into the congressional record the Steele dossier. Um, And we know last week the main source of the dossier was indicted by the FBI for lying about most of the key claims in that dossier. Do you have any reflections on your role in promoting this to the American people?
3: Well, first of all, uh, whoever lied to the FBI or lied to Christopher Steele should be prosecuted. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they are. Uh, And unlike in the Trump administration, if they're convicted... They should go to jail not be pardoned. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Donald Trump pardoned Roger Stone for lying. He pardoned Michael Flynn for lying. Uh, If people lied to the FBI, they should go to jail. Um, But at the beginning of the Russian investigation, I said that any allegations should be investigated. We couldn't have known, for example, people were lying to Christopher Steele. So it was proper to investigate them. And let's not forget what we learned in that investigation. We learned that the Trump campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was giving internal polling data, campaign polling data, to Russian intelligence while Russian intelligence was helping the Trump campaign. And to be clear, he
2: was fired halfway through the
3: campaign. Well, he may have been fired, yeah. but the, the effort to get Russian help continued, and even beyond the effort to get Russian help, the president also But you may have spread Russian disinformation
2: yourself for years by promoting this. I think that's what Republicans and what people who entrusted you as the Intel Committee Chair are so confused about your culpability in all of
3: this. Well, I completely disagree with your premise. Uh, it's one thing to say allegations should be investigated, and they were. Mm-hmm. It's another to say that we should have foreseen in advance that some people were lying to Chris Christopher Steele, which is impossible, of course, to do. But but let's not use that as a smokescreen to somehow shield Donald Trump's culpability for inviting Russia to help him in the election, which they did, for trying to coerce Ukraine into helping him in the next election, mm. which he did, uh, into inciting an erection, uh, insurrection, which he did. Um, none of that is undercut. None of that serious misconduct is in any way diminished by the fact that people lied to Christopher Steele.
2: No, I think just your
3: credibility is. Well, I think the credibility of your question, of your question yeah. uh, is in doubt.
0: So there's the disgraceful Adam Schiff. So what's funny is, is he's going off and acknowledging that the dossier was filled with a bunch of fake, false Russian disinformation. while at the same time, he's trying to do the dipsy do switcheroo and still promote the claims that were made. And what he just acknowledged was a Russian disinformation document. And so that is kind of funny. He tries to bring up Paul Manafort and she goes off, as you saw in that clip, pointing out that, well, Paul Manafort was fired very early on in the campaign for bad conduct. You know, so Trump already got rid of him, you know, as far as his whole trying to go with Russia. And then he goes, well, he was still, you know, afterwards, still trying to go off and get, you know, Russian help and all this and that. Now, what's funny is he tries to go off and say, well, claims should be investigated. We couldn't have known that he was lying. Except what about Adam Schiff? Well, Adam Schiff was going all around the media saying that because of his committee assignment, being the chair of the intelligence committee, that he had access to top secret intelligence that wasn't being released, that backed up the claims that were made in the Steele dossier, that secret intelligence that proved that Trump was, in fact, colluding with Russia in the 2016 election. I mean, they're trying to go off and ignore the fact or he's trying to hope that you ignore the fact that he was going off and not only promoting the Steele dossier, but trying to claim that there was additional intelligence that he was briefed on that supported the claims of the dossier that he is now admitting was completely false. But yet we're supposed to believe him and all of his claims on anything else. Now, earlier on in that segment, he was also talking about, you know, that tweet of the photoshopped, you know, anime video uh, that was sent out, you know, uh, by um, Representative uh, Paul Gozer, right? So here he is. He, you know, he promoted the Steele dossier. He went off and tried to claim that there was a whole bunch of other intelligence that proved the claims in the Steele dossier that only he had access to because of his top secret clearance. And he blatantly lied, lied, and lied for years and years and years. He built, he went from obscurity to all over the media overnight, pushing the lie and pushing lies on top of the lies. And now he wants you to forget all of that. Now that the Steele dossier has been proven to be not only fake, but a product of Russian disinformation paid for by the Democrats. And, you know, he goes off and tries to, uh, as he realizes that he doesn't have a good explanation for this, starts going, well, we shouldn't use that as a smokescreen. And when she came back and talked about how, as a result, his credibility was in question, his response, because he's used
1: to people licking his boots, is, no, 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 the credibility of your question uh, is in doubt. What? I mean, seriously, I mean, take a look at that. He's been caught red handed pushing Russian
0: disinformation. So he's been caught red handed doing the very thing that he was claiming to be investigating Trump for promoting impeachment against Trump for. And it turns out he was the one pushing Russian disinformation, along with a bunch of bull crap that he just made up in order to get all this media coverage. Now that he's being called out on it, he doesn't like it. And he just wants to, you know, sweep it under the rug. When he talked about it being a smokescreen, that was supposed to be the cue of shut up, don't ask me about this. But she wasn't going for it. So I'm guessing she is the one Republican that was hired to replace Megan McCain when she left, you know, to try and claim a sense of balance, a sense of balance on the view. Yeah. Uh, one Republican against how many liberals? Of course, one Republican, you know, is more than capable of arguing against four or five liberals because four or five liberals are really that stupid. But the just scene here, you know, him squirming was just oh, so great. And yet the, the audience there, I, I don't think they really got the whole, hey, you promoted Russian disinformation. You knew this was a lie. Not only that, but you claim that there was a lot of other intelligence, and it just whoop. The audience either didn't catch the fact that she was calling them out for basically admitting
1: that he spent years lying to them, or they just don't care. I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's a mix of both. They don't care, and they don't understand that he
0: fed them a bunch of shit for years. Okay. So, going on uh, more with the whole Trump Russia uh, hoax here, because I mean, I know we've covered a lot about, you know, how the steel dossier has been debunked and all that, but now media is, you know, that is still talking about it, uh, is admitting that all of the prior coverage uh, promoting the steel dossier was all based on lies. And. And this one uh, coming from Breaking Point, you know, the two people that left the Hill. They were doing an interview. And it's interesting as the guy is calling out the media for basically going, yeah, 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 their whole thing is to just try and sweep it under the rug, uh, stop talking about it, just go away. You know, um, if they do have to talk about it, they'll admit that it's false now, but they don't want to admit that all the reporting uh, that they got Pulitzer surprised for, uh, Pulitzer Prizes for was all based off of a lie and fake, and they don't want to give back those prizes. You know, so they're trying to say, hey, the coverage was based off of a lie, but the coverage was still really, really good. I mean, it's really kind of funny, you know, as he is calling out the media for the disgrace that they are. And so let's go ahead and take a look at that clip.
4: Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that you've been pointing to there, Glenn, is not only the sham, but in terms of how much it shows, what did the media and how much credence did they place within the Steele dossier to drive so much of the Russiagate coverage over the last five years? So what's happening now, Sagar, is there's pretty much nobody at this point who denies any longer that the Steele dossier is a fraud. Like, you have Rachel Maddow trying to salvage the last tatters of her reputation and kind of internet crazies and that, like, weird, you know, obsessive Russiagate world that still lingers. But nobody really in media is trying to dispute any longer the, the obvious truth, which is that the Steele dossier was a fraud. What they're instead trying to do is kind of cut off the cancerous limb to protect the rest of the media organism by basically turning Rachel Maddow into the, the Judy Miller of Russiagate saying, oh, she was way out there. So we can go ahead and scapegoat her and kind of cut her off and let her be... And then they're also trying to basically say, okay, the Steele dossier was fraudulent, but that doesn't mean that those years of of Russia reporting we did was fraudulent. The ones we got Pulitzer's for, none of that they're trying to claim was based on the Steele dossier. So they're trying to salvage the rest of the work they did. The problem is, is that the Steele dossier, as everyone knows, is what gave birth to the entire climate in which Robert Mueller was appointed, in which all of these journalistic investigations proceeded, that gave credibility to this incredibly Demented and as we know, false idea that the Kremlin had blackmail leverage over Donald Trump and was using it to infiltrate and control the levers of the United States and U.S. power.
0: Yeah, so there they go. I mean, they're going off and trashing Rachel Maddow. They're going to be scapegoating her. I have a feeling that her career on MSNBC is even on its way out the door. Now, I haven't kept track of MSNBC hosts, but I'm wondering how much longer she'll be able to survive uh, after, you know, basically talking about uh, Rachel Maddow, the rest of the media, as basically the same way as they used to talk about people who claim to be abducted by aliens you know, but he does go out there and torch how the media is trying to play it both ways. Hey, yes, we're acknowledging the indisputable fact that the Steele dossier was Russian disinformation, completely false, a complete hoax, while at the same time trying to salvage their reporting on the whole Trump Russia uh, hoax and all the reporting based off of that disinformation to try and claim no 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 we still did great reporting and we got you know all these you know awards for our reporting you know that was still trustworthy reporting even though everything in that report was a damn lie based off of Russian disinformation so they wanted to admit that yeah it was all lies but at the same time no, you can still trust all the reporting that we did promoting that lie. I mean, it's funny uh, not only to see the media trying to do that dance, but to see that other leftists are calling them out on it. Now, I can understand breaking points ever since they left the Hill. They're trying to establish themselves and trying to go off. And I mean, yeah, they do have a following, but they want to be able to establish themselves as the trustworthy and pointing out how their competition for a left-wing audience lied, lied, and lied some more, and ran a bunch of disinformation, you know, while at the same time trying to go off and promote their own credibility, you know, as if they weren't doing the same, you know, we'll try and help them get the bigger audience and more money. So, I mean, it's nice to see leftists attacking leftists. Now, these two, ever since they lost, uh, left the hill, You know, it's kind of an interesting dynamic. There are some things that they actually get right, but then there are other things where they are far left Bernie Sanders nut jobs. And so I guess they're only half crazy, maybe. But I do like some of these segments where they go off and they call out the left and they're not the only ones. Wait until I get to the New York Times uh, burning the Democrats pretty big. I mean, it, it is pretty funny and you'll be able to see that clip. But that's not where uh, the Breaking Points host left it. The next question that they asked, you know, trying to go off and talk about, hey, how did you know that all of this steel dossier from the very beginning, how did you know that it was false and disinformation? And his response was, oh, so beautiful. Let's go ahead and take a look at what that uh, sounded
2: like. Mm.
4: Glenn, so that we can learn from this whole experience, what were the red flags for you on Russiagate from the beginning? Because I'll admit, it took me a while to get there to realize that this was all almost complete bullshit. Um, but, you know, you, outside of the the people who were directly Trump aligned, you, Taibbi, Aaron Maté, Jimmy Dore, Kyle Kalinske, you guys saw this as potentially fraudulent from the very beginning. What were the red flags for you that made you think we need to really be skeptical of the claims that are being made here? Yeah, I think it's a great question and an important one, because this is actually something that I've not really been able to fully, I guess, convey or maybe even process there. Are, I would say I would point to two primary uh, Components that caused me to be so skeptical From the beginning The first is that And maybe this is generational But foundational to my world view As a civil libertarian And just somebody who was steeped In the evils of the Cold War Was the McCarthy era which is, you know, widely regarded as one of the worst civil liberties abuses in American history, if not the worst. And the theme, the, the defining theme of that was that the Kremlin had infiltrated American institutions, had all kinds of clandestine agents working on its behalf to undermine American national interest. And basically there were all these treasonous, you know, operatives running around the United States taking orders from the Russian government in order to undermine the United States. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. Seen on a left wing network, uh, a guest that they have brought on who has credibility, having seen that the Steele dossier was complete bull crap before most of the media was dragged into having to admit it themselves, taking a look at the Democrats and basically he's pointing out that they engaged in McCarthyism, calling them out for that when well, having the media not only or at least most of the left-wing media, now finally admitting that the Steele dossier was complete crap while still trying to defend their work, going off and saying, hey, you were all engaged in doing what happened back in the McCarthy era. You were engaged in running a bunch of bullcrap conspiracy theories without any evidence, not asking for any proof behind any of this, just taking everybody's word at it. Just Because remember what McCarthyism was, it was back in the Cold War, and it was accusing everyone of being secret Soviet spies. And it was uh, Joseph—was uh, it Joseph McCarthy? I forget his first name, but it was uh, Senator McCarthy who claimed that he had top secret information about uh, Russian spies embedded in our government, and that he had a secret list. And that list, when he did show it to people, of course, there was nobody asking him to authenticate that list was always his political opponents. Anybody who would criticize him would turn out to be, surprise, surprise, a communist spy, you know, a Russian puppet. And he destroyed a lot of lives and a lot of careers before he finally got caught. Now, the comparison is very accurate here between that and what the Democrats did. They took Russian disinformation which is even worse than McCarthyism. He just made it up himself. But they took Russian disinformation knowingly and then promoted that in order to target their political opponents. And remember, anybody who defended President Trump was promoting Russian was promoting Putin. Was acting against the interest of the United States and were engaged in act of treason, they said. Well, since they're the ones that were actually the Democrats were the ones who actually colluded with Russians, promoting Russian disinformation in order to act against the interest of the United States, then by their own definition, it's the Democrat Party, pretty much every last one of them, along with the media, that engaged
1: in treason, including Joe Biden himself. Wow, I mean that's where this is going in you know, having that clear comparison to McCarthyism, I couldn't put it better myself. All right. So this gets back to
0: Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney, have you ever spoke out against the Steele dossier as being a threat to the Constitutional Republic? Any of the FBI spying, the Mueller probe, the Democrats hearing The Democrats going out there claiming, like Adam Schiff, to have had secret intelligence briefings proving that the claims in the dossier were completely and fully verified and more. Did you ever claim any of that, along with Hillary Clinton going off and claiming that Russia stole the 2016 election for all these years? Did you ever say or denounce any of that publicly as a threat to the Republic? No,
1: I haven't heard you say anything. In fact, anything that I heard you say over all that time was you supporting it.
0: But you want to condemn President Trump for pointing out the fact that the elections in 2016 are undeniably run illegally and in violation of the Constitution, which says that only the state legislature determine
1: the time, place, and manner. In which the elections are held in their state. So you supported the Democrats' attacks on democracy. You supported installing someone into the White House who was unconstitutionally seated. And your whole statement is Trump's the threat? What a disgrace you are. Okay. Now I got two more stories here and (laughs) this one is actually
0: pretty sweet here. So the New York Times, far left, crazy left New York Times that never met a Democrat that they wouldn't promote came out on their YouTube channel, uh, with an you know, under their opinion section, really burning the Democrat party. And pointing out that they are a bunch of liars and hypocrites. That while they say their policies will do X, it does Y. While they say that they, when you know, are in control, their policies will help the people and instead actually hurt them. Now, just to kind of set this up, because it was a long piece, and so I had to get the most relevant part of it, but you know, they point out how the Democrats claim that their policies will benefit the middle class and that, you know, if it wasn't for the GOP, then everything would be great. You know, they would have equality, social justice, all of that. So the New York Times decided, you know what? Okay, maybe on the national level, the Republicans are able to stall some of the Democrat policies. But what about the states in which the Democrats have a monopoly on power. They have filibuster proof legislatures and governors, and there is no Republican stopping them from anything.
1: And they found out that uh, Democrat policies don't work. Actually, what the Democrats implement hurt people.
0: Uh, And so I'm going to run a clip here of some of the best part uh, of this. And then I'll give you uh, some more of the setup here. All right. So here's what that looked like.
2: But for some of these foundational
4: democratic values of housing equality, progressive taxation, and education equality, Democrats don't actually embody their values very well.
3: We're talking, once again, about a system that's been... Rig-
0: Republicans today to blame. What we're talking about here is that blue states are the problem. Blue states are where the housing crisis is located. Blue states are where the disparities in education funding are the most dramatic. Blue states are the places where tens of thousands
3: of homeless people are living on the streets. Blue states are the places where economic inequality is increasing most quickly in this country. This is not a problem of, of not doing well enough.
4: It is it is a situation where the blue states are the problem. Affluent liberals tend to be really good at showing up to the marches and talking about how they love equality. They're really good at putting signs in their lawns saying that all are welcome here. But by their actions... What they're actually saying is, yes, we believe in these ideals, just not in my backyard.
0: Ouch! That coming from the New York Times. Ouch! So uh, when you go through and you take a look at the whole video, it's about seven to ten minutes long, they go through what the Democrats claim and uh, what the policies that they say they would implement. They take a look at education, housing, tax proposals, and they find out repeatedly that when Democrats have a monopoly on power where there is no Republican opposition in states like California, Washington, Oregon, and they cite 13 different states, they find that the what the Democrats say and the policies and the details of the policies that they implement don't line up in any way, shape, or form, that the Democrats tend to actually, through the policies that they enact, are causing the very problems that they claim that they want to be solving. And what's also interesting in this is that they do a comparison to at least one or two other uh, Republican states and show that, hey, they, they actually said that Texas has a more progressive tax system than in any of the states that the Democrats have a monopoly of power on. I mean, it, it is just wow. I would not expect this from the New York Times, the bootlickers at the New York Times who spend all their time on their knees kissing the asses of the Democrat Party. But them going out there and saying, hey, you know what? All of these problems that the Democrats tend to talk about is actually the fault of Democrat policies. You know, the housing crisis, you know, is being caused by the zoning laws that the Democrats have implemented, the taxes, the way the the uh, tax people, and then the way they draw the lines for the school districts for the property taxes is designed to benefit one group of people who are already privileged while disadvantaging another group of people who, you know, as they say, those who need the resources the most are don't get it. But by those same policies, those who already have all the advantages get all, get more resources than they need through Democrat policies. I mean, it is just brutal. It is a brutal takedown. It is so brutal that what I would be doing right now, if I was running in the 2022 elections, you know, for the midterms, for the House, for the Senate, at the state levels, is I would be going to the New York Times YouTube channel. I would be downloading this video and I would be setting it up as my campaign ads that I would be running online all over the place on, you know, YouTube commercials. I would be running them at, uh, you know, rallies. I would be, you know, do, you know, uh, I would be just flooding anywhere and everywhere. And what is the left going to do? Come out and say, well, oh, that you can't trust the New York Times, the New York Times' is propaganda. They spend all of their time propping up the New York Times, calling them the paper of record, despite the fact that they run mostly a lot of bullshit propaganda. But this was just brutal. You know, and, you know, I, I'm wondering if, if they're going to start producing this Are they actually going to start reengaging in journalism that they abandoned about 20 some years ago, maybe 30 years ago at this point? Are they going to start actually getting into journalism and actually pointing out and saying, you know what, you know, these Democrats, they talk a good game, but they're just full of shit. They don't actually
1: mean any of it. And none of the policies that they implement solve anything. They just cause problems. Wow. All right. One last thing here, uh, real quick.
0: You know, we talk about the fact that faith in our institutions have been declining. You know, we talk about how the faith in the FBI is, you know, is about as non-existent as the faith in the mainstream media. Faith in government uh, is down, uh, faith in the CDC, the NIH, are uh, completely obliterated because they keep lying to us faith in some of the scientific communities, some of the areas of study in the scientific community completely obliterated, especially in the climate change uh, area because of all of the lies, all the misinformation, all of the things that they predicted and all the things that they claim that turned out to be blatantly wrong. Well, now we have another institution that is deciding that it's going to destroy and obliterate its credibility. Now, I believe this is uh, happening up in Canada, but you know, it's only a matter of time before the left decides to adopt such things here in the United States. And that is our medical institutions. Yes, I'm not talking about the CDC. I'm talking about the actual hospitals, the doctors themselves. Remember, um, you know, the doctors, they were heroes working through uh, the pandemic. You know, and by and large, doctors are not seen as political. I mean, there have been plenty of doctors that have come out and said and confirmed that a lot of what the left has said about the coronavirus and all that is just complete garbage. But they end up being censored and canceled because how dare they try and get the truth out to you. But there are some doctors that are intent now on trying to obliterate any confidence or credibility of their field. And so what am I talking about? So uh, this is being reported by Hot Air. So this is a thing happening in Canada right now. But as soon as the word gets out, you can look for it at a hospital near you. A Canadian emergency room doctor has recorded a diagnosis of an elderly woman who he determined was suffering from, wait for it, climate change. That's right. Climate change is now a medical diagnosis. All right. The woman who is unnamed due to privacy reasons is in her 70s and had reported acute breathing problems, Hmm, breathing problems, climate change, coronavirus, climate change, coronavirus. I wonder which one would be if you had to just guess if you had no medical training whatsoever and you had to guess, breathing problems, climate change or coronavirus, which one would you guess? Now, it turned out to be neither. So you'd be wrong no matter
1: what. But at least as far as we know so far. All right. So it goes on to read uh, acute breathing
0: problems. Uh, This in the professional opinion of Dr. Kyle Murrett, is a symptom of global warming rather than anything to do with the patient's actual physical condition. And what is the doctor's prescription to bring her back to health? Well, he is helping to
1: organize a medical activist group. Wait a minute. Someone goes to the emergency room, has acute breathing
0: problem. You say the diagnosis is you're suffering from climate change, and that the prescription is not actually providing any medication or treatment, but to start
1: an activist group in order to fundraise off of. Hmm. I'm guessing this is not the best doctor in the world. (laughs) Okay. So
0: why is he helping to organize a medical activist group? Of course, it's called Doctors and Nurses for Planetary Health. I, I haven't had the opportunity to interview the patient in question myself, the article reads, but I'm sure she must be feeling all sorts of better already. So the left has gone so completely insane that now, after destroying so many other institutions, they are now going to destroy our faith and uh, credibility of the medical field as doctors are now going to start taking a look at, you know, if you're an elderly person with, let's say, a a severe cold and having breathing problems, are you going to get antibiotics? Are you going to get any type of medication? No, of course not. They're going to diagnose you as suffering from climate change and start a political activist group to fundraise money off of, and that will solve the problem. Now it's quite possible she could have had covid, could have had a cold, could have had bronchitis, could have had a, about a thousand different issues that come about as a result of being somewhere in your 70s. But it's the official diagnosis is suffering from climate change. And you wonder why we have zero faith in so many institutions. Because every institution that the left takes control of goes to crap. They abandon all facts, all data, all science, and they instead engage in pure politics and try to use the traditional credibility of their field to push lies on you. All right, so that's it uh, for this particular episode. I'd like to thank you so much for watching. Uh, the video, uh, version of the show will first be posted on Rumble and then later on it will be, uh, posted on YouTube. Now, of course, um, when it comes down to it, the audio version of the show will be available first. You know, so my publishing order is the audio comes out, then the video comes out on Rumble, then it comes out on BitChute, then it comes out on YouTube. Yes, YouTube is my last priority. Why? Because, well, YouTube sucks. YouTube has sucked for a long time. YouTube is involved in so much censorship that I don't even really care about YouTube anymore. Um I know I still have an audience over on YouTube. Hey, that's great. Thank you so much. I don't know how you got through the censorship to find the show, but thank you anyways uh, for watching over on YouTube. Uh, but if you could do me a favor and watch the show on Rumble, that would be greatly more appreciated. If you're listening to the audio version of this show, uh, don't forget to leave me a rating and review. And of course, if you could do me one last favor, share this around on any uh, platform that doesn't block links to the show.
1: All right. Thank you so much. And I will be back again soon.